All right, let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Again, you have heard it said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Today a salesman might be false in any number of ways. He might withhold information. Uh, that's a, a classic technique. It's not a lie as far as he's concerned. It's just an omission. He just didn't tell you everything that you could have known. <clears throat> he's certainly going to exaggerate. He might change the terms during the deal. That's happened to me uh, before. I remember we had a, uh, well, <clears throat> this guy was a, a Christian friend of mine who was a real estate agent when we first moved here, and uh, I was going to list my house in San Bernardino with him, there's no doubt about it, but he still went through his whole sales spiel and the whole thing, and I told him I wanted a 30-day listing because of some things that were going on, and he agreed, and then um, at the end of 30 days, I realized I had a 90-day listing, and so I had to call him and beg him, you know, to, oh, well, I must have misunderstood. And I said, no, you didn't. Uh, or he might lie outright as if it's your fault if you believe him, since lying is to be expected as part of the process. I, I think this, when, whenever you go to a car lot, this is kind of the, there, there's, there's almost like a, you know, a ballet that takes place between you. <laughs> You, the the salesman looks at you with the understanding that you know I'm going to lie to you and try to, and you're supposed to understand that. In any case, the salesman is passing off as true what he knows to be false. Or you can look at it this way: if you are a salesman, you want to be sympathetic to salespeople, you go into the encounter prejudice against the salesman. I mean, obviously, I have a prejudice because I'm talking the way I do. Without even knowing him, you already believe him to be false. Thus, he must try every trick in order to sell you, even being false if necessary. Here's another perspective. Spin is something uh, that biases a person's portrayal in favor uh, of themselves. We talk about putting a positive spin on something. Carfax is a company that says it can give you a used car's history. You've probably seen the Carfax ads they have a TV commercial, my favorite one, that shows a Honda in the middle of a hurricane just flooded up to its windows. And across the bottom, somebody is typing the prospective ad, and they say, you know, 1985 Honda, flood damaged. And then they back it up, and it says, new upholstery instead of flood damage, uh, which, both of which are true, uh, but one of which uh, is more true. Uh, so uh, it's positive spin at its best. <clears throat> These are modern equivalents of the kind of thing Jesus was addressing when he mentioned swearing falsely. The Jews had developed a bad habit of swearing false oaths in everyday matters. 
The law of Moses contains several prohibitions against swearing false oaths by the name of God. I'll just read a few of them to you. Three verses from Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is Leviticus 19, verse 12. You shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Deuteronomy 23:21. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. And so the Jews uh, were under these obligations not to swear uh, by uh, the Lord <coughs> falsely, and if they made a vow or an oath, that they were supposed to perform it. Since swearing falsely by God's name was a violation of the law of Moses, the Jews had to figure out a way to swear falsely that wasn't a violation of the law of Moses. And this is just uh, human nature. Uh, At some point in our culture, I I think my own personal opinion, just, you know, uh, based on observation, is that at some point in our culture, we moved away from everybody having a Judeo-Christian kind of understanding of life and, you know, how things were supposed to work. Uh, And so, uh, you know, one of the results of that to me is that so much now, instead of the spirit of the law, uh, we have the letter of the law. Uh, And what I mean by that is, is situations you look at and say, well, this is, you know, everybody should agree that this is what should happen in this case, but oh, well, no, because the law says this and there's this loophole and that loophole and and now you have all this minutia of the law and you have to have everything written out just right. Uh, And I was telling somebody the other day, because they had gotten, something happened and I said, hey, you you don't even want to go to court. I mean, not that our court system is bad or our judges. I mean, they're all, that's all fine. But you don't want to go to court because you're never sure what's going to happen in court anymore. Uh, you know, it used to be everybody had kind of an idea of what was right and what was wrong. Now it's not a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of what can be uh, admitted as evidence and who can speak and uh, what the law actually says and, and those kinds of things. And so, so, you know, this is just human nature. As soon as people pass a law we try and figure out how to get around the law and and what it doesn't say. (coughs) Well, it didn't mention this, and so I'm okay here, and then they have to amend it to mention that, and and, uh, it's just just human nature. It's tax time, and we're all familiar with this as a, you know, we love paying our taxes, but we also, you know, want to find every loophole that we can, and and, uh, uh, nothing wrong with that, but we're just that way. And so the Jews... They didn't want to swear falsely, but they found swearing and making oaths an important part of everyday life, whether it was, as I suggest, business transactions or just talking with one another. Um, And so uh, they didn't want to violate the law, uh, the letter of the law, and so they ended up violating the spirit of the law. Uh, So what they would do, I'm told by historians... They sought to avoid the sin of swearing falsely by God's name by substituting the words heaven or earth or Jerusalem or my head as that by which they swore. And so they wouldn't say, I swear to God or I swear to Jehovah. They'd say, I swear by Jerusalem or I swear by my head, you know, on myself, on my honor, or I swear by this. Uh, And since you weren't swearing by God, 
it wasn't really a real oath. It was just a, an everyday exaggeration to try and get somebody to buy your bagel uh, as opposed to somebody else's or to convince your wife that you weren't cheating on her or whatever the situation might be. And if called on it, if it, you know, it was like, hey, you know. I remember years ago, you know, the, uh, I, I uh, <clears throat> was trying to lease a car, and I told the guy, I said, hey, I want you to work this out as a two-year deal. Can, can you do that? And he goes, oh, yeah, no problem. We can do this for two years, you know. And I got all the way to signing and found out that it was a three-year deal, and I said, oh, uh, you know, I, I, you must have made a mistake here. And, and the other guy, oh, no, we, we can't do any two-year deals. I mean, that's, you know, you must have misunderstood, you know. And I go, well, here's what I understand, and I just left, you know, which is fun. <laughs> Gene and I got kicked out of about a dozen dealerships when we bought his Toyota Echo. It was it got to be, you know, to where we were looking at Vespa motor scooters, you know, it's at one point because we never thought we'd buy a car, but uh so <clears throat> you know, it's these everyday situations where people feel like they need to convince you of of something. And this is why you don't ever want the insurance people in your house or, you know, the salespeople to actually come in because they just they never leave. They won't take no for an answer. So, uh, And so the Jews would swear by these things, and even if later found false, they would not consider themselves guilty of breaking God's law. Uh, they would, you know, okay, well, you caught me, and but this is just the way we do business or whatever, however you want to explain that. Uh, and uh, But they felt like they were clean as far as their religion was concerned. And so Jesus points out it's useless to try to avoid swearing by God's name by substituting another noun for his name. What I like about the Lord here is he at least, he, he approaches it rationally. I mean, you and I would just say, hey, that's just lame, you know, and you guys know it's lame. But he, he, he gives him a logical argument. He says, if you swear by heaven, well, you're swearing by God's throne anyway. So it's a, you know, in a sense, you're still swearing by God. If you swear by the earth, well, God created the earth, and the Bible says it's his footstool, so you're still in, you know, it still involves God. If you swear by Jerusalem, it's the city of God. It's the royal capital. And if you swear by your own head, God created you. I mean, so everything you do has, has some aspect of God in it. And so in verse 37, he says, Let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now, it's not always wrong to swear or to make a vow. We recite marital vows. For example, uh, we swear to tell the truth in court, and that's okay. Uh, you know, even God, uh, well, Jesus himself testified under oath before the high priest in Matthew chapter 26. Paul used an oath to call God as his witness that he was uh, writing in 2 Corinthians and in Galatians. <clears throat> and so Jesus is describing ordinary conversation and circumstances. Uh, he's not talking about these special circumstances where it's okay to swear an oath or, or to take a vow. Uh, so, you know, we can't, we're not canceling out all of this kind of thing. It's just we don't want to go through our day swearing to God or telling people, well, I'm going to be really honest with you now as if prior to this everything's been a lie. You know, I find myself just in daily conversation saying that. Well, let me be honest with you. And, I, and every time I do that now, I think... That kind of indicates that I'm just now starting at this point to be, you know, let me, everything I just previously said, let's forget that and start over from, honestly from, from this point. What we mean is, I'm just going to be straightforward with you now and quit putting spin, but it, it's true. Instead of spinning what we're saying 
now we're going to tell them the blunt force trauma truth, you know, that, that comes at you. So, uh, so maybe we should quit doing that, or I should anyway, because I, I, I have a tendency to do that. So Jesus is telling you, in your ordinary, everyday conversations and circumstances, just be honest and truthful. If in your everyday dealings you find you need to swear by something in order to convince somebody of your honesty, then you're probably being dishonest or putting spin on something or not being uh, or committing a sin of omission. You're probably trying to rip someone off or to get away with something or to massage a situation or something like that. And so Jesus said, just, just say yes if you mean yes. Just say no if you mean no. Let the chips fall where they may. We can still speak the truth in love. That's always part of, of the Christian life, Paul tells us. Uh, we, we don't want to be brutal or mean to people, uh, you know, but, but we can't put it such a spin on something that we're not really telling people the truth. So speak the truth in love. Maybe the other person thinks you're being false. doesn't help to swear an oath. It only makes you look more guilty. Somebody doesn't believe you, just say, fine, don't believe me. I mean, just, well, no, I swear to God, you know, this is telling you the truth. I swear by my mother's grave, or I swear on my child, or whatever. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy, yeah, he swore by, who what did he swear by, his, his son? Man, that's freakish, you know. So, so you know, uh, just tell the truth. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, Jesus closed his thoughts on this by mentioning the evil one, Satan. All that is false obviously originates with him. Uh, and, and so you don't want to get accused of guilt by association because you are being false. Uh, the devil is the spin master. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, he could outduel Bill O'Reilly. I mean, Bill O'Reilly wouldn't know what hit him. If the devil came into the no-spin zone, it would just be... Yeah, it would be crazy stuff. The next thing you know, Bill O'Reilly would be, you know, on Skid Row. I mean, the, I mean, look at the devil. Anytime he talks, he has such an amazing spin. There in the Garden of Eden, well, has God really said that if you eat of this, you'll die? You know, isn't it kind of a beautiful fruit? And wouldn't it make you wise being like God? And then he talks to Jesus out in the wilderness and he goes, well, here's what, you know, here's what the Bible says, you know, and he's got this amazing spin that he puts on things. And so uh, it, 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 we'll probably never really be able to listen to spin anymore without thinking of the devil. I mean, all these political people, you know, that get on. Yesterday I was listening because, and I don't want to get, you, you guys wait until afterwards to come to blows, but, but, uh, there's a there's a big argument now about Al Gore's house or houses, multiple houses, but his mansion in Tennessee and how he uses 20 times more electricity every month than the average American, uh, and yet he's on. And so they talk to this uh, Democratic strategist who put this amazing spin on it, and uh, I forget the commentator, but it's it's the white-haired guy John. Anyway, uh, he he said. He said, he said to the gal, he goes, I don't even know what you just said. He goes, is that English? Are you speaking English? And she goes, yeah, I had to go and look up some of this stuff myself because she was talking about carbon footprints and energy credits. And I think what she was trying to say is that, yeah, he uses 200,000 kilowatts a year, but he buys energy credits that offset that. And so his carbon footprint is less than the average Americans and, and it was just 
it was just a mind-blowing spin. I mean, it really was. And even she was laughing. You know, even the, the, the Democratic lady was laughing because she knew that it was. And, and sometimes you listen to this stuff and you think, how are they going to spin this to be something positive? When all of us, you know, in a, in a rational world, we would say, yeah, you know, I, I, that's a problem. He's having a little bit of trouble reducing his energy use. Uh, if he's using 20 times more energy than you and I, it's, it is a problem, you know. Uh, because there are people, if you want to get into this whole green thing, there are people who are sincere about that. They, they, were, they did a piece on uh, Ed Begley Jr., he's an actor, who really is into this with, you know, bicycling and walking and electric cars and solar power and all of this kind of stuff. I mean, he's sincere about reducing his carbon footprint uh, and, and, and all. And so, uh, so spin. So anytime you hear these people spin, that comes from the Garden of Eden, that comes from the devil, uh, and some people are masterful at it. They're really, really good at it. Uh, so think about that during this next election year. We need probably somebody from a Christian news you know, source to just get up and say, get thee behind me, Satan, every time... <laughs> One of these people does this. Now, Jesus was not reinterpreting the law just as a point overall. We see that he was returning to its original intention. Uh, when Jesus said, this is what you've heard, but here's what the law really meant, it's not an interpretation, it, it is the original intent. Uh, be honest in your conversations and circumstances. Swear oaths only in very special circumstances. When you do, fulfill your oath. Ordinary oaths are unnecessary. Your yes should mean yes and your no should mean no. Now one final or further insight from Jesus' teaching about swearing oaths. The Jews were dividing into compartments different parts of their lives. This is a kind of an overall thing. It's like, well, if we're in the temple talking about religious things, we make oaths and we swear v uh, vows and we keep them. But if we're in the business world or in our homes or at the coffee shop or whatever, then we, that's a different compartment. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. You have to do these things in order to survive and all of that. And so they wouldn't swear falsely by God in spiritual matters, but they would swear falsely in business or personal matters. This is the criticism that many times people level against Christians, sometimes valid, many times invalid, that, well... You act spiritual on Sunday, but the rest of the week, you know, this guy is doing... Yeah, I bought a car from that guy, you know, and stuff. And, and uh, In fact, I did this myself, and the, we bought a car once from... Uh, there used to be a Chrysler dealer in town, Liberty. Yeah, anyway, we bought a car, that Vista, you know, and the one guy that he... Man, he totally ripped me off. You know, I was pretty naive even back then. And then he started telling me, you know, later on about the church he went to and stuff, you know, and my wife said, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so, you know, we have this sense that, well, you know, everybody has this natural sense that your life should be in, an, you know, integrity. There should be a hole to it, but we always try and divide it up. Well, you know, this is church and this is work. And so the insight is that life cannot really ever be divided into compartments in some of which God is involved, but not in others. And so let me just finish with this interesting quote from commentator William Barclay. Barclay says, There cannot be one kind of language in the church and another kind of language in the shipyard or the factory or the office. There cannot be one kind of conduct in the church and another kind of conduct in the business world. 
The fact is that God does not need to be invited into certain departments of life and kept out of others. He is everywhere, all through life and in every activity of life. He hears not only the words which are spoken in His name, He hears all the words. We will regard all promises as sacred if we remember that all promises are made in the presence of God. Amen? God bless you. Have a good day.